Welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast. This ministry is intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. Today's message is titled, Guidance in Prayer, and it is part of the Conversations with God sermon series. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, you can visit us at our website at bccma.org, or you could always send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Phil McCutcheon. Okay, I want to get into the Word today, and uh, we're doing our second sermon in the series Guidance in prayer, or, 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 the list, or conversations with God, I meant to say. And today, we're talking about guidance in prayer. And I naturally, with everything that's going on in the world, in the political realm, I thought about maybe changing my message today. But I really felt I should stay with it, that guidance in prayer is what we really need most right now. And so we're going to stick with it. We'll, I, I will touch on the national scene a little bit in the middle. Maybe it'll be kind of like a roller coaster, you know, like this. And then when I get into the national stuff, it'll be like that, you know. <laughs> and then, then we'll calm down again at the end and, and meet Jesus. But um, I, I was talking to John Wiersma yesterday. Uh, John drives for FedEx. And so he's, he's just a great, he's, he's, a, he's a leader in our church for one thing. But he's also a great friend. And he's uh, someone that I, I will bounce things off of occasionally. And I've. A few of you are like that. I bounce things off of you, and uh, John's one of those people that I'll call. So I called yesterday, just talking to him about what I was going to preach on today. And a few minutes later, he sent me this video. It's a homemade video, it, but it just—it's this young girl, a FedEx driver, and she ground driver, and she's what she talks about is exactly what I'm talking about today, and someone who's wrestling with this idea of listening to God and living a, a listening to God kind of life. And um, it, it's, a, it's just a little crude homemade video, and, but I think it will communicate and you'll relate to it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that video of this young uh, FedEx driver and, and, and her listening to the voice of God in her prayer. Hey, everyone. As you can tell, I'm at work. I just had to pull over and share something real quick. Um, as I'm delivering, uh, I pull up to this house. The lady walks out because she's checking her, her mailbox for her newspaper. And I have two boxes for her, so we start walking up the driveway together. And she asked me if I had a happy holidays. And I was telling her how busy it was. I told her I had a, a, a really great uh, Christmas and New Year's. And I, I asked her the same. I was like, how was your holidays? And with tears in her eyes, she said it wasn't good. And um, she said he's sick. My husband's sick. He has cancer. I continue to small talk to try to change the subject because that's awkward. And uh, I deliver her package. She said, what's your name? I said, Amanda. And she told me her name. I drove off. Um, my heart's pounding. I, I do probably 20 more stops and I have to go back. Um, you know, with this kind of job, we're on a, a tight schedule. Um, quicker you do it, the better, quicker you get home. I stopped what I was doing. I went back to that neighborhood and rang her doorbell and uh, asked her. She came down the stairs and uh, she had tears in her eyes. When she saw it was me, she smiled. And I said, ma'am, can I pray with you? And she just broke down. She came out on the front porch and squeezed me so tight. Um, 
this lady I've never met. She held my hand so tight and I prayed for her and her family and for her husband. And the point of this is, is a lot of people want the Lord to use them. And, and for me as an example, I pray every day for the Lord to use me. But when he's, he's trying to use you or when you feel that call and that, that tug on your heartstrings, do you move your feet? Do you move? Because I easily could have just went, I have a hundred stops. I easily could have just went about the rest of my day thinking about it. So when you feel those tugs on your, on your heartstrings and you feel like you need to do this, stop and do it. You know what I mean? Um, oh man. That was like the most genuine hug I have received in a long time. And I just want to share that with you guys. If you if you're praying for the Lord to help and to use you in people's situations, when he is giving you a chance, do it. If not, you're going to you're going to continue to think about it and think about it and regret it. Like so be sure you know what you're praying for when you're praying. I don't know. I just it, it made me sad, but yet it made my day to this lady was just so alone. But anyway, you guys have a good day. Uh, that, that breaks me up, man, that young girl. Because I think that's uh, where we miss it a lot of times. Is uh, God speaks to us and about little things. And when God tells you to do something like that, you don't need to call the church. You don't need to call the pastor to say, I, I think I'm hearing from God. Just go do it. Just go do it. Now, like we said last week, if, if, if you feel God's telling you to quit your job, pack up your bags, move to California, call your small group, have them pray with you, uh, call your pastor, have them pray with you, <laughs> pray, pray, pray before you pack up your bags and move to California. Uh, but today, I want to take this a step further. When we talk about guidance from God, I want to talk to you about the supremacy of God's thoughts. Last, year, last week, we established the fact that God speaks through our thoughts, that we have thoughts in our mind. Some of them are not of God. Most of them are not God speaking. Uh, you're probably, uh, the, the people in the second service will, will, will have a thought about um, probably about 11.55, and that thought will be, I'm hungry. <laughs> that is not God, but it is not evil either. <laughs> so, so all the thoughts in your mind, and we'll, we'll come back to this thought in a little bit, are not God. They're not all bad, but some of them are God. And that's what we want to figure out. We want to figure out which thoughts are God's. And, and here's the point I want to take you to today and where I want to end up today is we want, to, we want to talk about the supremacy of God's thoughts. We want to talk about surrendering to God's thoughts. We want, we want to, I want to encourage you to develop a hierarchy of authority of your thoughts and decide that the ones that are God's, you are going to put at the top of your hierarchy. You know, uh, you're going to hear a lot of talk about, from pulpits and preachers and, 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 and probably politicians as well about unity uh, and pray for unity. I, I pray this, here's what I pray. I pray for the unity of the Spirit. Because it's like this. If you're over here and I'm over here, 
You're over here with your political views and I'm over here with mine or vice versa. The way to have the unity of the Spirit is for both of us to pursue the thoughts of God. So if I had a, could draw a pyramid here, which I'm trying to get you to imagine, imagine a pyramid. God's at the top of the pyramid. If we both move toward God, we're going to be in together. If we both move toward God, we're going to be in agreement. If we both move toward God, we're going to be in a healthy unity, in a unity that is holy, in a unity that is right, in a unity that is righteous, if we both move toward God. So, so we, need to, we, we can stay down here and yell at each other and try to, try to get unified that way, but it, it's not going to work. It's not going to work, because I know I'm right and I know you're wrong, so uh, <laughs> we're not going to get there that way. But when we come into the presence of God, that, that will, will, be, will happen. So let, let me give you uh, some passages of Scripture here to lay the groundwork here. Psalm 32, I, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Isn't that a great verse? And then there's Psalm 59. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Then the main Scripture excuse me, that I want to look at is Isaiah 55, 6 through 13. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon them. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Underline that. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return, so it is without watering, so it's, do not return to it without watering the earth and make it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst forth in the song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, you will grow the juniper. Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure. So let me give you what I believe is the path to becoming a person who, who gets better and better at being guided by God. None of us have this down perfect. We all miss it sometimes. We're in, we're in the, the Bible says we see through a glass darkly. We all miss it sometimes. That's why we need each other. Nobody, you know, um, uh, that's why hearing from God can be, a, it, it can be, a, 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 it, you can get really weird trying to hear from God. I mean, I, I remember one time uh, we were, I was at a conference. This was years and years ago in Tampa, Florida. We were at some type of church conference and there was a new seafood restaurant called, called the Sea Wolf. And a bunch of us went there to eat. And we got there. You know how you've all had this when you were at a conference. And you got to get back. And you go to some place. And there's a big line. So that's what it was. It was a big line. So we ended up in some fast food chicken joint or Taco Bell. Something like that. And I saw a lady in there from the conference. And, uh, and, and we, we got in a conversation. Yeah, we went down to Sea Wolf. And they were crowded. And she says to me, listen, if you ever... Go back to Seawolf. Pray that the Lord will let you order the scallops. 
I have never sought the Lord's guidance over a, over a menu. <laughs> now, I don't know, Sherry in the room? Sherry should, because, because, <laughs> because she thinks ketchup is spicy. And so if, it's got a, if she can detect a hint of pepper, it has to go back. So she should probably do that, right? But uh, no, I, I see that woman, she, she had gone out the deep end in seeking God for whether or not you can order scallops. So you got to be careful. That, that's why we want to talk. I want to teach you about how to distinguish. Our, so the first thing is God's guidance comes when we distinguish our thoughts. Distinguish means to point out a difference. Uh, I mentioned Tanya Lorman yesterday, the. Uh, the psychologist who's done a lot of research on people listening to God and claiming they heard from God. She makes this, uh, this um, statement that I really love. She said, what I learned at the Vineyard Church, Steve Vono, Steve came from the Vineyard Church, uh, what I learned at the Vineyard Church is that the thoughts that flow through our mind aren't just generated by you, but also contain the Word of God. I thought that's well said. That's well said from someone outside of our our tribe. Pretty cool. I would guess that most of us don't scrutinize the source of our thoughts. I just would guess that. That most of us don't really scrutinize the source of our thoughts. But the results of that can be that you get carried along with a stream of thoughts that carry with them an agenda of whoever or whatever has captured your imagination. And so I believe it's critical that I really work at distinguishing where the the origin of my thoughts because I I need to discern where they're coming from because sometimes it's it's not about what the thought is but it's who it's coming from that will determine how much authority I should give it. I it may be a very wonderful thought but it comes from a source that's evil and I need to, you know, I need, I need to, it, that, that's a mistake that Eve made. Uh, you know, Eve listened to the thoughts of, a, of the serpent. She listened to thoughts of the serpent and everything the serpent said to her was a very pleasant thought. Extremely pleasant thought that she could be more empowered. Uh, that that, that uh, the, 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 the fruit of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil was delicious to, fruit to look at. And that was would be good to the taste. She she did not she did not stop to think. This is a snake talking to me. <laughs> if a snake talks to you, do not do what it says. I don't care how attractive it sounds to you. <laughs> so identify the thoughts. Sort sort through your crowded field of thoughts and come up with. It's a thing that that we called, and, and and it's a thing we called discernment. And I want to put up in a minute. I'm going to put up the d- definition of discernment. But Hebrews five fourteen says this. But solid food is for those who are full grown, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. So this discernment thing is not so much a gift as it is a skill that you develop. That everybody in the room can get better at knowing where my thoughts coming from. So discernment is the ability to judge well. And in, in fact, this comes from a Google search, by the way. This is what you will see if you Google search the word discernment. It says this. 
The ability to judge well and in a Christian context is perception with a view to obtaining spiritual guidance and understanding. There are three sources of thought that you need to understand to begin this journey of divine guidance. One is the thoughts of the flesh. That 1155 thought that they will have in the second service, I'm hungry, is of the flesh. It's not wrong. It's neither, it's, it's neutral. It's morally neutral, right? Yep. So the thoughts of the flesh are not always wrong. They can be. They can be egotistical. Does everybody like me? You know what I mean. They can be selfish, all of that. Then there's the thoughts of the devil himself. Satanic thoughts, thoughts that come from the serpent, suggestions that come from the serpent, often very appealing, by the way, often very tempting, often very enticing. He's very, the serpent was the most subtle of all the beasts of the field, the scripture says. So when, when the devil looked for someone to use, he chose the most, he chose the most subtle uh, uh, beast in the garden. And the third arena of thought is the thoughts of the world, the world around you. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse, verse 2 and 3 kind of lays this out really well. It says, um, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. You, di- you didn't know you were obeying the devil. You weren't conscious because you weren't discerning your thoughts. You weren't saying, where does that thought come from? The commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclination of our sinful nature. In that scripture is all three, the world, the flesh, and the devil. All three are voices in our heads. And then finally, there's the thoughts of God. We have the thoughts of the flesh, the thoughts of the devil, the thoughts of the world, the thoughts of God. Our text taps us on the shoulder that we read back in Isaiah and says, have you considered the thoughts of God? The Bible says in one place, the natural man does not perceive the things of God, for they are foolishness to him. When you come into a relationship with God, you especially, well, I I won't, let me correct that. You don't start hearing from God when you come into a relationship with him. God's talking to everybody. God's talking to every human being on the earth. Is being talked to by God. And you can read this about the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit uh, convicting the world of sin. The Holy Spirit is speaking to every person. The Bible says Christ is the life that lighteth every man that comes in the world. The Bible says that we are without excuse uh, in denying God. So God's talking to everybody. But one of the things that happens to you when you come into relationship with God and when you ask to be born of the Spirit of God is you begin to discern the voice of God. You begin to know God's voice. It's something that begins to happen, especially if you understand it. So God taps us on the shoulder and says, here, 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 are, are, here are my thoughts. And, and, and then you're, you're forced to, di- to discriminate between God's thoughts and all the others. You, you, had the, you had the thoughts of your emotional reactions. They're natural. You don't even think about it. My my spouse treats me in a certain way. I will treat them in a certain way. That's the thought that comes to our minds. All right, we have the thoughts of your personal desires, whatever they are that can involve any arena and any appetite that you have. They're not God's thoughts. Uh, 
do you have the thought, this is what I want to do? You'll just have a thought. I, I want to buy a new car. I, I want to buy a new, uh, a, a new pair of jeans. I, I, want to, I want to go see uh, my friend. I want to call my friend. These are thoughts that you want to do. And then, then finally, what, you know what's happening today is we're having idea and information overload. We have idea and information overload. This is, this is a result of the Internet. The Internet is creating information overload. Here's what happens. I, I don't know if you've watched... How many of you have watched the uh, documentary Social Dilemma? A few of you have watched it. I recommend you watch it, by the way. Uh, it, it, it's, it's created... It's, it, I know it's on Netflix. I don't know where else it is. But I know it, it's created by these guys that actually created Google and Facebook. These are the guys who, who created all the things that you do on, on social media. They created the technology for that. And they, they are now stepping back and go, whoa, what did we create? We, 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 we've created a monster. Because here's what they, here's what they created. The, the, mo, the, the motive for most of the things they created was uh, the, the, the thing that drives the world. What drives the world? Making money. Making money is what drives the world. And so uh, uh, when, when, you, when you go on Facebook or Twitter or, or Instagram or any of these things, it's, it's as though a giant computer is looking back at you. And, uh, and, and behind the giant computer is every, every corporation in the world that wants to sell you something. And, and, and everybody that wants a, wants a piece of your life and wants your support. Re remember what they say is if you get something for free, then you're the product. So that, that's, what, that's what we have. And so, so what they do, uh, ingeniously, they created this thing that you all know called algorithms, right? So if, 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 you, if, you, like you, do a, if you do a Google search or an internet search on, I don't know, weight loss or something like that, or, uh, well, w what's going to happen? You, you, you get you start seeing more ads about weight loss. Uh, you start seeing, if you do a, if you do a search on uh, uh, anything political that happened this week, you do a search, you're going you're to start seeing more and more things about that search. So, so, so whatever path you go down gets reinforced. And, and, and so what happens is you get in a, you get in a silo. And so uh, you get, and if you, if, you, if you start to believe something, it starts getting confirmed more and more and more and more and more. That thing gets confirmed because you're getting, you're, getting, you're getting all kinds of articles that, that, that agree with you. It's because there are people that want you to follow them by their books, uh, all that. And I'm not saying everything you're getting is, is not true. That's not the point. That's not the point. But it is, it has, it's part of the reason our country is so divided. Because everybody is in an echo chamber. Everybody's in an echo chamber getting what they already believed reinforced, reinforced, reinforced. All, all you ever hear is from the people you agree with. And, 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 and there, there are some problems with this. It's not that everything is untrue. Here's what I believe the Lord said to me about this. Here's the thought that came to me. It's not that people are not hearing truths. 
It's, I never intended for them to carry the load. I never intended to, for them to carry this great of an informational burden. Jesus said, come unto me, learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And some of you are carrying such a burden of information that God never designed you to carry. It's probably why. I, I, I often thought about this. Okay, God, why didn't you start the church when we had technology? You know, think of how the gospel could have spread a lot faster if they'd have had the internet. Or if, if, if they'd have just had a, a microphone and a loudspeaker. Instead, God created the church when there was no access to information. You didn't even know what the guy across town was thinking, much less what the guy in China was thinking or our Soviet Union was thinking. God created the church when there was no technology. In fact, everything was very simple. You had a, you had a dictator, emperor, and you had the people. And they had no access to him and no access to the political process. None. Zero. They probably all hated him. Right? For good reason. Because he was a bad, some bad people who were emperors. They were awful. And then it dawned on me just this week. Ah, oh, now I know why you created the church with no technology. Is that, is that revelation coming to you right now? Do I need to explain it? Because you wanted your people to just listen to you. And now they got so many voices. So many voices clamoring for their attention. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to tell you to fix this because I, we're not going to be able to fix it overnight. I don't, I don't, these guys on the video don't know what to do about it. Or the, the documentary, they don't know what to do about it either. But, but, I, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, I, I was reading, uh, I read, I, I started to read it to you, but I don't think I will. Uh, it, it's someone that I know, it's actually a, a relative of mine that I haven't been around in a long time. And he's very, very upset about what's going on politically right now. And I saw his post. I probably will, I probably will message him and talk to him a little bit. But I, he said a lot of things, all upset about what's going on, you know, in the, in the, in the political realm. And he, uh, he's a believer. He believes in Jesus. But the last sentence, I'm going to read you the last sentence of his Facebook post. The only hope we have. And when I read that one line, I go, ooh, the only hope we have is real honest truthfulness from everyone, and that hasn't happened in a long time. And I thought, as a member of the kingdom of God, I thought of that, when, the minute I read that, I thought of this song we used to sing. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Do you know that song? On, sing it with me. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Now I know why Jesus built the church in the first century. Instead of the 20th century. Or the 21st century.
God may be indeed telling you today to fast and pray for America. But he's not telling you to freak out and pin your hopes on American political reform. God's guidance comes when, number two, we confirm God's thoughts. Johann Kepler was the scientist of the 1700s who discovered the three laws of planetary motion, and he is considered the founder of physical astronomy. astronomy. He was a believer, a Christ follower. He coined a phrase indicating that scientific research ideas and discovery were, in his opinion, thinking God's thoughts after him. I just love that. I just love that. He believed that scientists had needed to guard against the propensity to glorify, in his words, to glorify our own minds. Some of us here, I just say that not because I, I know, but I, I'm, I know I do it too. We glorify our own minds. And the Lord is inviting us. We need to come back from the brink today, emotionally and spiritually. Pray, pray like crazy for, for what you believe should be outcomes, political outcomes. Pray, fast and pray. Fine, I, I'm for that. I, I do that. But I know where my foundation is. And I know where my hope is. And I know who my Savior is. And you can't elect my Savior and, and you can't impeach him. Amen? F.B. Meyer was a force for God in England in the 19th and early 20th century. He preached the gospel all over England and the United States as well. He wrote 75 books. And one of them he wrote, When I was crossing the Irish Channel one dark, starless night, I stood on the deck by the captain and asked him, How do you know Holy Head Harbor, on so dark a night as this. He said, you see those three lights? We see them so united when we know the exact position of the harbor's mouth. In other words, when we're headed for the right position, there are three lights that line up. And there are three lights, coincidentally, that God has given you to discern not only the origin of your thoughts, but guidance from God that he is giving you. Am I giving you a formula for getting it 100% right? No. But, I, but, but hey, if, if, if you could increase your hearing from God by 20%, <laughs> you could make an amazing difference in your life, right? One, and we don't have time to spend on it, but we could spend a whole series on it. It's the Word of God, Scripture, and scriptural principles. You have a thought. It doesn't agree with Scripture. It's not from God. The circumstances of life is the second thing. God will organize circumstances of life. And things will happen. Sometimes you, you, you might have a dream. You know, just this week, you, some of you saw an email from me asking where you were if you weren't coming to the services. <laughs> and a, a, a brother called me, a man in our church called me. We had a wonderful conversation, which he assured me, hey, we're still a part of the church. But he said, you know what happened? My wife came to me the other night, or the other morning, and said, I had a dream, and in my dream, Pastor Phil was crying. 
And his mouth dropped open. He said, did you read his email? She said, no, I didn't even know he sent an email. And I'd, the email had come into his inbox that morning. His wife had a dream that tapped some of the emotions that I was feeling. So God is very, one of, the, you know, one of the great reasons we believe in God is because he speaks to us. He speaks to us. He communicates with us. And the third light in those three lights is the community of believers. That you, you have people that God wants to couple you with, other believers, just like you. No, not necessarily any better than you or any better than hearing voice, the voice of God than you. But the Bible says, let every word be confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So when you hear those things from God that you wonder about, this is an incredible rich resource right in this room. Finally, I will say the last thing is elevate God's thoughts. Now, this is, this is critical. Even if you're not very good yet at knowing God's thoughts, make a decision today. To really come into the Lordship of Jesus Christ means that when you know it's God, and when you really believe it's God, you're going to do it. Like the young girl in the FedEx driver. I opened my brother, flyleaf of my brother's Bible one time when he was just, he had just come to Christ when he was like 17, and he was all so rebellious and everything, and he became a Christian, and I think it was a few months later, I opened his Bible one day, and on the front cover, he said, God, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. In fact, uh, there's a, uh, some of you listen to Francis Chan, and Francis Chan is just, he's just better at rebuking people than I am, you know? <laughs> Face it, he's just, he's, just, he's just really brutal sometimes, you know? I love Francis Chan. And he's got this little illustration that he tells about about elevating the word of God to a point that it has authority in our lives. And it's not just something we study so we can uh, learn a lot of Greek words and do all this stuff. And we spend so much time studying and so little time obeying. And he's got this great illustration. I'm going to let him tell it because I don't, I don't want to be that mean. And I'll let him tell it. Why does that work in church and not anywhere else? Look, when, when, when my daughter comes to me, and I say, hey, go, go clean your room. She knows better. She, she's not gonna come back a couple hours later and say, hey, Dad, I memorized what you said to me. You said, go clean your room. You know, what am I gonna say? Oh, good job, that's what I wanted. No, and, and she's not gonna come to me and say, Dad, I can say, go clean your room in Greek. Listen, that's not gonna fly. And, and what if she says, you know what? My friends and I, we're going to gather together and every week we're going to have a study and we're going to figure out what it would look like if I cleaned my room. <laughs> no, none of that's going to fly. Just go and clean it. She knows that. So why do we think that this type of thinking or this type of talk is going to work with Jesus? I mean, Jesus was as black and white as you get. He would look at people and he'd say, why do you call me Lord when you don't do what I say? He says that in Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord when you don't do what I ask you to do? I mean, why would you call someone your master and then not listen to him? And, and he says in Matthew 7, 21, he goes, listen, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's only the one who actually does the will of my Father who is in heaven. <laughs> You know, God is the only being in your life. 
who doesn't need you. See, politicians, they all need us. God doesn't need you. He loves you, though. God is the only being in your life who doesn't need anyone to control. He doesn't get up in the morning, I feel so insecure today. I need to control somebody to see if I'm really God. No, he doesn't need anyone to control. So his intrusion into your thoughts is to bring you into Romans 8, 12, which says we want to be conformed to the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. Every other voice in your thoughts will deceive you, especially the imposter called you. Christ is really... Not, 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 this needs another hour of preaching. Christ is really your authentic self. Because you have become a child of God. Christ has adopted you to help you to rediscover your true self. That, that, that part of you, that, that part that says, I'm hungry, that's the imposter that's always messing with you. Now, you've got to take care of him or her. You've got to take care of them. You've got to give them some food and put some clothes on them and give them a shower. You know, you've got to take care of them. But the real you is the part of you that's born of the Spirit of God. I got a feeling this is going to dawn on some of you about 3 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to think, oh, wow, wow, there's something, a new creation in me that's really the original creation that was from the Garden of Eden. How about instead of just embracing though a doctrine of Christ being Lord, how about if you start manifesting, actually enjoying life under the guidance of the one who knows you best and loves you most?